This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Clock Dodgers family, what up? Listen, really quick, guys. Uh, we did a podcast. It was for the No Halftime guys. You know they sponsor the Clock Dodgers podcast. They are a DFS app uh, like none other. You play player versus player challenges. So they started a podcast, and there are a few episodes in, and we did a takeover on their channel. So me and Adam actually went over there, uh, knocked out a podcast for them. So it's actually this episode, okay? We, we, we felt it was a good idea to kind of cross-promote it. So um, subscribe to their channel regardless, of course, download their app, play, use the promo code clock, get 50% on your uh, first deposit up to $50. And of course, like I said, they have other episodes that'll be coming out. So go listen to those uh, as they come out in the future here, but we're cross promoting it. So it's here on this episode as well. Uh, and this episode is, is a fancy football episode, but it's uh, no halftime specific. So we talked week three challenges, uh, players that we like, players we don't like, uh, ways to create challenges so that people will accept them. And we just kind of talked a whole, whole bunch of no halftime and week three stuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It was a lot of fun to record. No halftime through and through over here at Clock Dodgers. Let's get it. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. You play with the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Adam, what's up, buddy? What's going on, Neil? Not much, man. Today we're doing something new. Do you like new oh, things? Do you like new things? Oh, for sure. Okay, so instead of our usual, you know, time spent uh, with the Clock Dodger family, just kind of going over fancy football and all this good stuff, we're gonna do things a little bit different. Our good friends over at No Halftime have actually asked us to take over their show. Yeah, slightly concerning. Uh, their brain trust, I guess, felt confident enough that we can take over the No Halftime Show, but we're going to do it. We're going to knock it out. We got the keys to the to the car, and we're going to, you know, just, just knock this thing out the park. So before we left the Cloud Dodgers podcast, I did ask you to bring everything. Did you get everything I asked you to bring? I think I got all the things. So, so let's just make sure. Let's make sure we got everything. My fire takes. Check. All right. Your ridiculously long-winded rants. Yeah, I, I think I got those somewhere around here. Let me look. Um, yeah, they they seem. Adam, to be, you're already uh, you're already long I, ranting here. Dude, what? You're already you're already ranting. You got them right. Apparently, you do. The last thing I want to make sure that you got is our box of tips and tricks. You know, to help the no halftime users. You know, successfully wins. You know, have some more success here. You got that? Checkity check. Perfect. Okay, good. So let, look, it looks like we have everything. Let's just do this, man. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. Welcome to the No Halftime Podcast, which is currently in the middle of a takeover by us wonderful folks from Clock Dodgers. My name is Neil. I'm the host of the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I have my good friend here, Adam. Adam, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. <laughs> so if you aren't familiar with us for some for some reason, you know, it's very possible. You can, you know, just whatever podcast app you're using right now to listen to this, you can just search for Clock Dodgers. You'll find us or you can visit clockdodgers.com. Um, Adam, where can they find you out on Twitter and stuff in case they wanted to see who you are before they listen to you? Yeah, fantastic, guys. Uh, I am on Twitter at the other FF guy. Yeah, Adam's a little wizard, so check his stuff out. Check it, follow him, find out who he's, find out what he's about. You know, you can find me. I'm basically Harry Potter. You're basically Harry Potter or fancy. I, That's true. <laughs> you can true. find me at Clock Dodgers. Everything is Clock Dodgers for me, so you don't gotta go nowhere else. It's pretty simple. Anywhere you go, cloudodgers.com, Cloud Dodgers Podcast, Cloud Dodgers on Twitter. I keep it simple. I'm not trying to confuse people like Adam does. So we'll move on from that. We'll move on from that. It's not important right now. What's, what's important is week three is here, Adam. It means another opportunity to ball out on no halftime. Whew, you know it, man. <laughs> we're, we're moving through the season quick. Already two weeks down, and uh, 
I'm looking to make some money. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. Obviously, week one, week two, they couldn't be more opposite. But you know, we're we're gonna talk week three, you know, specifically. But before we kind of go into the players and the schedule and stuff like that, I wanted to kind of more discuss no halftime in general with the challenge, you know, aspect that it has because I feel like that when you create a challenge on no halftime, because you know. It's, it's a daily fantasy sports app. You're playing player versus player. You're not drafting whole teams, right? So there's obviously already a different aspect in you know comparison to your typical DFS stuff that most people are used to. But I feel like creating the challenge, because you have to get somebody to accept it, is almost like a game in itself. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's definitely like that, almost like a poker aspect to it, where you're kind of bluffing in a way. I mean, you've got to make something that's enticing. It's got that like sales aspect to it, where you're trying to sell someone else on it. It's what's really cool about no halftime because it kind of takes it outside of just uh, you know fantasy decision making and and makes you kind of take it up a notch and and find things that are enticing to another person, which is always interesting. Yeah, so it's like I I feel like I don't know. It's almost like part. Almost a lot of the the strategy for me when it comes to no halftime is that challenge because you number one you have to get somebody to accept it number two you have to get that means you have to entice somebody enough to want to accept it but at the same time still feeling in your mind that you have some kind of competitive edge in the challenge um, which which I feel like is kind of the whole battle um, once that's done once it's accepted now it's just kind of in the player's hands and you really can't dictate or control that but the like you said the strategy behind making somebody want to accept your challenge when, when you when you create challenges on no halftime do you have any kind of strategy to it or are you just you know picking players that you feel really good about um, that you think have a great week and you just kind of roll with the players you want and you pin them against players you don't like as much or is there like a, a strategy more deeper than that for you I mean, I think that it goes a little deeper for me. Ultimately, I think what's what's really enticing is when you can find guys that are perceived to be big-name players, especially guys that are currently doing well. I mean, we're two weeks into the season, so we have a little bit of data to back it up on, but can throw out offers or challenges where your opponent is getting a player that has been either playing really well or that is a big name but might be going up against a matchup that's really unfavorable. Um, Things that you can identify uh, in specific matchups, I think, really bode well for no halftime, because if if you can pay attention to the specific matchup and and a player that's not going to succeed, being able to identify those sort of opportunities and, and putting those out there for your opponents to just kind of glam on to a big name or, you know, a player that's really hot right now, can really put you in a good position to win your matchup. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it right on the head with that because you want to get, like you said, either a flashy player in there to give your opponent that, you know, is kind of like his name speaks for himself, or like you said, a player who's coming off of like a really hot game. Um, on the flip side of it, for me, like when I'm when I'm giving myself players, um, I'm trying to go for guys who are who are either, you know, their name doesn't ring bells as much, right? It's a lesser known player. Um, it's a, a guy who has some recent success that maybe people aren't still onto him yet. Or my, my real slick move that I like is a guy who sucked the week before for whatever reason, like his quarterback was hurt or you know, had an unfavorable matchup and now his matchup was like golden. Um, I, I, I like guys where I who people are like, we're in such a what have you done for me lately world? We're in such a up to the minute, you know, we need the information right now that's happening. And so when someone doesn't do good, you, you, you quickly fall off of them. You quickly stop thinking about them. You're ready to, you know, to, to dump them in the trash right away. So I take the players that had that trash week and use them. Cause I think they're going to rebound hard. You know what I'm saying? Oh, most definitely. I, I mean, I think that's a, it, it's really like a great way to identify players that, are going to seem enticing to the other person. And really, that's that ultimately is the most unique thing about no halftime, which makes it different from any other form of daily fantasy football, is that you really do have to think about what your opponent wants as well. And, and you have to make a challenge that's enticing to them, or else they're never going to accept it, and you're never going to have any challenges, and you're not going to have any fun. Exactly. And, and you know what I was just thinking about? And I never, for some reason, I didn't think about this at any point until now, but really slick on the uh on the developer side of no halftime because i don't know when you when you're doing challenges well when you're looking through uh challenges from other people that they've already created you know it's got swipe left for decline and swipe right 
to accept it. It's kind of like the Tinder of daily fantasy sports, <laughs> <laughs> which I never thought about before, but I think the developers knew what they were onto with that because, you know, Tinder is like that thing. And you're like trying to get myself some, you know what? And you just, you know, that left and right slide just becomes pretty natural to us in 2017. You know what I mean? Uh, slick. I guess, Very yes. slick. <laughs> Very slick, no halftime. The Tinder of daily fantasy sports app. The Tinder of Daily Fantasy. If, if I start we, seeing, if I start seeing oh. that, by the way, on slogans and on billboards, no halftime. The Tinder of Daily Fantasy Sports. I expect some kickback. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure we've just made the new slogan. I, I so. think we did. I think so. You guys are welcome. You guys are very welcome. <laughs> so, speaking of the Tinder of, of Fantasy Sport or Daily Fantasy Sports here, man, let's let's talk about some of the week three. You know, the players and the matchups and stuff. Let's kind of start with you know, to to start winning money and side bets that you may have going on because you can do free challenges and do your own little stuff off the app or you know even if you're just doing it for bragging rights you know against your long-winded friends uh let's let's talk about some of the players that we want no part of in week three um which again with no halftime it's a little different right it's not like your typical fantasy league where or even your typical you know the other the other kind of dfs sites where there's certain players you just don't use like regardless for whatever reason but in this case, it's a little different because it does depend on who your matchup is against. So t- t- technically speaking, anybody can be used, you know, depending on who you put them against. Um, but let- let's talk about some guys who we don't want particularly uh, to have on our side in challenges this week. You want to do that? Yeah, man. Uh, throw one out. Let- All right, let's so see what you're thinking. Just kind of, let's see. I-, I-, I would say something like, I- I- you can even stay whole positions here for a team. Like, I would stay away from Titan running backs, period. DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry. Um, I just feel like with them playing Seattle, number one, you're already talking about a tough defense. So we're playing matchup here. Um, and then not to slide over the fact that you don't know who the Titans are going to play each week right now. Um, uh, Murray's a little beat up. You don't know if he's going to be just, he's going to play, but not really be all in. If they're going to go heavy with Henry, you really don't know who you're going to get right now. Um, because it's just kind of, they're like mix and matching. It almost feels like, and then the injuries don't help and they're playing Seattle. So I would just stay away from any Titans running back right now. Is that crazy to you? Yeah, man. So in regards to Derrick Henry, I think it really brings up an interesting point that kind of brings us back to what we were just talking about a minute ago in regards to presenting a player that your opponent is going to find enticing. I think, I think Derrick Henry is kind of like that optimal guy in that situation. Cause he's such a hot name. I mean, he has been for so long. So if people have this expectation, like it's looking right now, that DeMarco Murray isn't going to play, or if he does, he's going to have very limited carries, then people are going to be excited about Derrick Henry. And I don't know, I was looking right now to try and see if that is an ideal matchup to kind of exploit, because Seattle's defense has this reputation for being a really stout rush defense. Problem with that is, Carlos Hyde looked great against them last week, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by that one. I, I definitely think it's an interesting one to throw out there, but that's the interesting thing about no halftime is it's all about the matchup. So if you can find someone who thinks that Derrick Henry is going to blow up and just have a huge week with DeMarco Murray not playing or having very limited carries, then you might be able to exploit that. And I think that that's, that's really a great situation that you identified yeah and i also think with no halftime because of the the way it's set up is i always wonder how much homerism comes into it too you know what i mean like if you got you know teams that are really popular raiders cowboys um you know like you said seahawks certain teams like that there's like a huge fan base of i always wonder how much because it's just one player you're picking how much homer style stuff comes into it play you know what i mean definitely uh it's a little different than regular fantasy leagues and whatnot yeah, because people are able to identify one player. Yeah. So, you know, Derrick Henry is kind of this hot name yeah. and has been for a few years. So he's a great player to throw out there because people are excited about him. I mean, people are excited to see what he can do. And if this is his first opportunity to get, like, a real starting chance with Tennessee where he's getting the majority of the carries, I definitely think that's going to be an enticing guy for, for people to want to target and know halftime. And, and if you think that he's not going to have a huge performance then yeah he's definitely someone to to target and challenges so who's somebody that you like right now you that you feel or that you don't want to have you know you be the part of the the guy that owns him 
Yeah, you know, I was honestly thinking just anybody on Thursday night, like this entire (laughs) Rams 49ers game is something that I would just, I mean, I'd throw out a bunch of challenges that involve those players just to see if somebody bites wanting to, you know, I I feel like a lot of times you can get people who just, they want to have action in the game. So if they're watching the Thursday night game as it is, they might want to just have a challenge that's going on so they have something to root for in the game. So you might be able to get somebody to bite on Carlos Hyde or Cooper Cup or somebody who is performing pretty well. But as we've seen from these Thursday night games and as we saw last Thursday, they kind of have this tradition of being terrible for fantasy. So if you can, you know, get somebody who just is jumping at the chance of getting an early, you know, getting an early taste of fantasy and and getting some action on that Thursday night game, you might be able to exploit them by challenging them with somebody who's playing a like Sunday game. Yeah. I think that's a really smart idea. And we all know like recently or, you know, not even recently, but just overall people know those Thursday night games are kind of, you know, eh. and like you said, people want to be in the action regardless though, you know? So it's definitely, it's definitely a smart idea. It's funny that me and you were kind of like targeting whole, um, whole ideas rather than just players. Do you know what I mean? Um, Another guy that I'm thinking, like, I I would take no, I I want no part of any challenge that puts me with a player against Kareem Hunt. Like, I just don't want it. Like, and I feel like, I say it half jokingly because, you know, to everybody, he's like the, I don't know, the flavor of the year right now. He's like the hottest player around. Like, everybody wants him. Um, Everyone wants him on their team. They're kicking themselves if they didn't take him. So it's like, I'm assuming just from looking, scrolling through it really quick, he's a player that <clears throat> you're not going to get the opportunity to have a lot of time. And people are going to have tons of challenges out there, you know, giving themselves Kareem Hunt. Do you know what I mean? And I'm mm-hmm. not really in the mood to to take anybody against them. Are you? Whew. I mean, it depends what kind of matchups you see. Like, uh, there's a handful of guys that I would still take against him. Like, especially... Uh, Le'Veon Bell is a really great one um, if you see any like Hunt versus Bell matchups because Bell has had a really slow start to the year. But, you know, the Steelers get the Bears this week, and I think that that's a giant opportunity for Bell to just go off. Plus, they're playing away where Ben Roethlisberger tends to not perform as well, so it gives Bell maybe a little bit more opportunity there. Um, so I think that that's, you know, one that might have jumped off the page is like, oh, this is obviously Bell two weeks ago, but now with how well Hunt has performed, you might be able to find somebody who, who wants the Hunt side of that challenge. I 100% and, and think you'll find someone who wants that challenge. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So, I mean, I think that, you know, that's the unique thing about no halftime is as much as there's players that you want to avoid, like a Kareem Hunt, if you can find the right matchup, if you can find somebody who just believes that, you know, he's the he's the best player in fantasy right now, then you you can find a matchup to exploit. Yeah, and 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 you and you can kind of watch the trends on a halftime too, because you'll you'll tend to notice that like each week, um, certain a lot of the challenges challenges and the players they're giving you are the same guy a lot of times, and it's just because you know the people that are putting these challenges out there, they think they're going to give you a, a guy with a terrible matchup. Or, or something to that effect. And so you kind of want to stay away from those guys typically too, because a lot of times they're right. You know, these, these are people putting down money on players and, you know, they're not going to put themselves in a bad place, you know, but sometimes they're really obvious and there's just certain guys you just want to kind of avoid. Um, is there any other, I don't really have any other guys I really hate necessarily. Do you have anybody else specifically? Yeah, I have two that I'm going to throw out there that I, I think are big avoids for me. And uh, if I see anybody posting challenges with them, I, I definitely want to accept any challenges against them. Uh, and that's the two hobbled star wide receivers of Jordy Nelson and Odell Beckham. Uh, I think both of them right now, we don't know if they're going to be a hundred percent if they play. And I always like to target situations where guys that are big names are not going to be a hundred percent. I think that there's a lot of opportunity to exploit kind of their name value. And if you can run into situations where people aren't really looking at the injury and are just looking at the name, you can get them in really good matchups against guys who you know, might be on that tier below, but have right. a greater chance to outperform them. People like, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins or a Keenan Allen or somebody like that who's still the number one option on their team, but isn't looked at on like that top tier of wide receivers like Nelson and Odell are. 
Interesting. Interesting the names that you said, too, because a little later um, in our conversation here, I got some challenges that I wanted to throw at you, and some of those names you mentioned are there. So, awesome. in order to get there, we have to go to the next thing I want to talk about with you really quick. It's, if we're going to talk about players that we don't want on our team for challenges, let's talk about some guys that maybe we do like, that if we were cre- creating challenges right now, that you would try to pin people against for you, that you, you, know, that you would like on your side. Um, I feel like for me, like a, a good one this week, when I'm when I'm considering my strategy, like I said, a guy that didn't play well last week, but I know he's good. I know he can go off. I know his team targets him. He has a good matchup. And a guy I think of when I think about that is Golden Tate, right? I mean, mm. down week last week, you know what I mean? So so what have you done for me lately? No one's thinking about him. At least you can catch people off guard, I'm saying. Um, and then, you know, Stafford only threw the ball 21 times last week. So obviously that's not typical. And they're playing Atlanta, which you assume is going to be a shootout. So I feel like a guy like Golden Tate can be a tricky one, right? Some people are going to say, last week he sucked. He ain't nothing. And you put him up against some certain players. I think you have a good you know, good chance to get accepted and a good chance to win. So a Golden Tate is a guy that I would like to make a challenge for this week. Um, who, who's a guy that you would have that kind of feel for? It's so interesting that you went with Golden Tate um, because my player is also on Detroit. And one of the main reasons is I, I think that uh, – Detroit, one of the things that I look at a lot for fantasy is uh, Vegas lines, and um, I don't know how familiar you are with Vegas lines, but one thing that I tend to look at is once lines are released, uh, games that have positive line movement, uh, and in this particular game, um, the Lions and the Falcons, they've had, it's almost two points, I think it's at a point and a half now, um, positive line movement on the uh, over-under for that game. So people just started pounding the over as soon as betting was opened on this game. And I think that that's really the right way to go. I think as you outlined, this is going to be a shootout. Both these offenses have shown that they've been in fantastic shape so far. But um, for me, Golden Tate isn't the play at all here. Um, The Falcons have shown a giant weakness both of the first two weeks of this season that dates all the way back to the Super Bowl. And uh, in the Super Bowl, we saw a record-breaking performance from a running back that most people probably didn't think was going to do anything in the Super Bowl. And that was James White breaking the catch or reception record for a Super Bowl. And that has carried over so strongly this year. I mean, we saw it with Tariq Cohen just blowing up in week one and becoming a waiver wire darling. And then last week, Ty Montgomery performed as an elite running back catching six passes. This is a situation where you can totally exploit Atlanta's ability against pass catching running backs. And Detroit potentially has one of the best, if not the best, receiving option out of the backfield in Theo Riddick. And I think that he is a great option, somebody that people overlook a ton. No halftime isn't PPR-based, so I think that you'll get a lot of people who are just going to see a name like Theo Riddick, realize that he's probably not going to get any carries, or he's only going to get like less than five carries in the entire game, so he's not going to have that perceived upside. But the way in which Detroit utilizes Riddick, I think, is perfect to exploit Atlanta. He's a guy who I'm all over this week, but I think in no halftime he's really sneaky because I think most people are going to perceive him as somebody who is not very good. But in this matchup, he could have a huge game. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to argue that. I mean, you you laid the facts out there. I think it's pretty important that we both mention Lions players, right? I mean, that's kind of... The, the idea there is we're both seeing it. For, I mean, I mean, I don't agree. I don't disagree with Reddick. You know what I mean, so I'm not. I'm not opposed to Tate. I'm not opposed to Reddick. I'm not really opposed to anybody in the Lions. <laughs> so um, I, I like them all. You know, Falcons obviously have good options as well. But we're trying to think of you know guys that we like that are a little off the cuff here. Um, another guy that I like is Chris Thompson for the Redskins. I know you mentioned they don't do PPR, um, but again, he's a guy that's been racking up you know points, yards. Um, he's playing the Raiders, so I feel like he's a sneaky play because. Yeah, I'm a Raiders fan, obviously, and I'm not going to be crazy biased here and say the defense is elite. Da, da, da. They could be exploited. They got beat last week twice by curse, right? So, I mean, no one's seen that coming. But, you know, I feel like Thompson is, is one of the sneaky players. He doesn't get a lot of respect. Now, am I, am I going to put him up against Kareem Hunt or, you know, Le- Le'Veon Bell? No. But again, I mean, what about even a Chris Thompson versus Riddick? That'd be an interesting challenge. I would be. 
be a really interesting you challenge. and i might have to throw a 10 dollars. <laughs> you might have to do that you <laughs> might have to do that so that's a guy that i like um similar reasons kind of for you i feel like the ppr guys you know because anyone playing knows it's not ppr but i feel like they're sneaky because of that like you said you know people kind of brush guys off to the side who had that ppr label on them as if they're not anything else but that but um you know when the matchup's right and the player's hot and the team's focusing on them um i, I have i'm not against it so that's that's another player that i like this week anybody else that you like Oh, yeah. Um, here's another guy that I'm just in love with this week. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have been terrible so far this season against the tight end. In week one, um, they allowed J- uh, Jesse James for Pittsburgh to be the number one tight end option. And in week two, they allowed Ben Watson to be a top four tight end option. Now that's based on PPR scoring, um, but that's what I've got in front of me at the moment here. And uh, ultimately the reason I bring that up is both those names, Jesse James and Ben Watson shouldn't jump off the page at all from a talent perspective, but a name that probably should jump off the page a lot more is who gets to go up against the Browns from the tight end position this week. And that's Jack Doyle. And Jack Doyle has Ooh. performed really well. Well, he performed really well last week. Week one, he, he didn't perform well at all. Um, but I think that he's another guy who a lot of people are going to look at that indie offense and not see thing, not not see anything enticing. Um, but him and Jacoby Brissett really had a great rapport last week. And I think that another week together is going to be great. He is the main target hog on that offense. And going up against a Browns defense that has just been entirely exploited by the tight end position, I think that he's an ideal guy to target in no halftime. I mean, if the road dog Jesse James did good, then why can't Doyle do good, right? Oh, I love it, the road dog. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody's going to get that reference. If you don't get that reference, I'm not going to tell you. You need to Google it. How about that? How about that? Google it. Listen, man, I'm going to throw a player at you who I know you're going to probably argue with me about, but I have to do it. Kelvin Benjamin. Are you going to argue with me really right now? Let me ask you, Adam. Kelvin Benjamin, he's playing the Saints. They just lost Olsen. Tell me you don't see a little bit of love for Kelvin Benjamin. Did you say Devin Funches? Yeah, Devin (laughs) Funches is a great no halftime play this week. I think that he's really sneaky. Uh, A lot of people are going to be overrating this guy, Kelvin Benjamin, who people perceive as uh, the number one option on Carolina. (laughs) But uh, as we've seen in the past two weeks, Devin Funches' targets have gone up uh, each week. And I think that being the bigger-bodied receiver, ultimately, him and Calvin Benjamin are are built very similarly. But if anybody's going to absorb the targets that are gone now from Olsen, I I really think it's going to be Funches who steps up. You know, Benjamin already kind of has this rapport in the offense and – yeah, all right. Jokes aside, calm yourself both of down, I, Adam. Calm yourself down. Both of them, down. I think, are great plays this week. <laughs> um, I, I think that you make a great point. Um, with Greg Olson being gone there, it really does allow for someone else to get uh, opportunities in that offense. Um, and I think that really any of the Carolina pass catchers are going to be nice, sneaky plays. Um, Including McCaffrey. Yep, that's the next yeah. one I was going to get to. Yeah, <laughs> Benjamin and Funches, I think, are the most obvious, too. But McCaffrey's another sneaky one um, who could definitely fit in there. I mean, they talked a little bit about trying to limit his workload a bit more. But now that you lost Olsen, I don't really know how you're going to do that. Um, tight ends work most often in the middle of the field, and that's where McCaffrey's going to work as well. So I think that it, it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt with Olsen being gone. Because really, I mean, Cam has had him as his security blanket the entire time he's been a professional quarterback. I mean, I think Greg Olson hasn't missed a game in something like seven, eight years. Like, it's it's something ridiculous. Um, so for him to miss time now, I mean, he hasn't missed a game throughout all of Cam's career. Um, so Cam Newton's going to have to find someone else to rely on, which opens up a ton of opportunity. It might be Calvin Benjamin. I highly doubt it. Or it might be Devin Funches, or it could be Christian McCaffrey. But they're all great options to look at targeting in something like no halftime this week because I think people are going to overlook the Greg Olson injury, and um, the added targets that those guys are going to get could be huge, especially against New Orleans, who really has no pass defense. I mean, they've just let up a ton of fantasy points uh, in the receiving game. So definitely a great matchup to exploit and, and a great opportunity with the injury. So it's bunches of Funches for you, man. 
and it's all about Dude. the Benjamins for me. So I mean, listen, we might have to. We might have, we to might have, have some. Listen, now. this is what happens We're with no, back ha- no halftime challenge. This but. is what happens <laughs> with no halftime is you start talking about it, and then you start talking about players, and then you start getting annoyed and mad and angry and want to be competitive, and so you start making challenges, and you start spending lots of money or lots of bragging rights or lots of side bets or whatever you want to do because people just disagree with you too much, Adam. Well, as the Clock Dodgers faithful know, I uh, I basically whooped you in our own halftime challenges last year. So, guys, just just for that as you're listening to these hot tips. Clock Dodgers, the family man, we have short-term memory. We're not sure what you're referring to. <laughs> and, and, and if you're new to Cloud Dodgers and you're not familiar with us, go back and listen. You'll see that Adam lost plenty of times. Anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. What I wanted to do, before we close this out, I thought it'd be really cool to kind of get my Tinder on on no halftime and go through some some real challenges that are on there right now. Real life challenges. I don't know if they've been accepted since I've, you know, looked through them, but they were real life challenges on there when I was looking. Um so I wanted to kind of discuss some of the ones they have because I think it's interesting to kind of see the challenges that people are creating for us um, and whether they're good good challenges, whether they're fair challenges for both sides, or if they're completely lopsided challenges that they're trying to trick you with. Put your put your thinking cap on, all right, man? I need you to, to really think this time, all right? Uh, I mean, seeing as we did this Harry Potter reference earlier, it's definitely a wizard's cat. <laughs> yes, like, I, I got. I'm I'm going full Mickey Mouse here in Fantasia. Like, uh, just just picture that right now. You just keep building up the hype on yourself, man. You, you can only go down from here. But listen, the first one. one Dude, of the, I, I'm anim- I'm animating broomsticks over here. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. Listen, the fir- one of the first challenges I seen on here when I was scrolling through was Le'Veon Bell against Chicago. Versus LaShawn McCoy at Denver. What's your take on this, man? Huh. You know, right away, it, it seems like such an obvious, like, oh, why would you not just jump on Bell? But the interesting thing about this is, you know, Bell's had a slow start to the year so far. And from what we've seen from Denver's defense, if you're going to exploit them, it's going to be pushing football. Right. Um, so I, think it, I think it's a bit more interesting and more nuanced than it might look at first glance. I still would lean the Bell side of this just because I think this is the week that Bell finally gets going and goes off, as I kind of touched on earlier. Um, but it, it definitely it definitely has more there than than just an obvious, oh, this is 100% Bell. Yeah, this this person created this challenge thinking along the lines of LaShawn McCoy's play in Denver. Le'Veon Bell has been slow to start the season, so they're going to catch somebody off guard with one of the or the best running back of football. <laughs> I think we both see that. Um, the next challenge I have on here that I thought was interesting was Isaiah Crowell against the Colts. And then you get Tariq uh, Cohen against Pittsburgh. Man, this is your, See, your this, one, this is your typical PPR versus you know standard running back. A little bit, but what's interesting about it is there's a good chance that Jordan Howard won't play this week. And if he does uh, play, he's going to be you know probably limited in some form. Yeah, probably limited. And as we talked about before, I mean those are really good situations to look at targeting. Um, this is an interesting one though, because then you're putting him up against Isaiah Crowell, who, you know, hasn't really performed up to expectation at all so far this year. And, you know, he's in a prime matchup against Indy. So this is really like the opportunity where it's like, you know, it's put up or shut up. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, exactly. Ultimately, if, if you can't do it against Indy, you're never going to do it. Um, so this is a tough one, really. I mean, cause Cohen is going to get more work uh, with Jordan Howard out. But I think the thing that people might not realize about Tariq Cohen is uh, I'm tiny and he's not much bigger than I am. Like, (laughs) dude weighs like 170 pounds. He's basically a high school freshman playing playing football. It's insane. I mean, he's extremely shifty. He's great at what he does. But if they're going to try and give him 10-plus carries, like – I'm going to be worried if he can stay on the field, uh, honestly. Yeah, we don't so, know how much he can shoulder, right? Yeah, th- there's definitely that concern. So Jordan Howard being out, I think, might give people the perception that Cohen's going to get more work. Um, 
while that might be true, I, I just I don't see it. So this is one of those that I would not be shocked if, you know, Crowell beats Cohen and in standard scoring, which no halftime is, it's like five to three. Yeah. See, we're, I've only listed two challenges so far. We have five of them here and we're already seeing the creativity behind these challenges. You know, the the strategy that people are depl- uh, you know employing on these ones. So the next one I have is a quarterback battle. Um, which is again a Brown Deshaun Kaiser versus Eli Manning. Eli, you know Kaiser obviously playing the Colts. We just said that, but Manning is playing the Eagles. So you're getting Eli Manning in this challenge. So from the outside looking in, you're getting a rookie. You're you're, you're challenging against a rookie quarterback who, uh, statistically speaking, I think in fancy terms, didn't do great last week, <laughs> and obviously dealt with a migraine or something in the middle of the game. It was really weird. Um, and you got Eli Manning, you know, a guy that obviously a giant, big fan base. He's won Super Bowls. He's got weapons. This was an interesting challenge I've seen sitting out there. Yeah, this one is it's really interesting because, again, like you said, I mean, this is an offer to take Eli Manning. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, preseason people are going to be like, wait, what? Like Deshaun Kaiser, a rookie? Like, obviously, you're going to take Manning without even thinking twice about it. Um, but the matchup comes into play huge here because, um, you know, as we've seen, Indy is just god-awful without Andrew Luck. I mean, literally, they are at home, and they're Vegas underdogs. So Cleveland is the favorite away in Indy, which is just it's That's insane. That's the craziest it, thing. I never thought anybody I would know. say that on this podcast it, in week three of the really, NFL season. <laughs> it, it, yeah, exactly. It really just it shows how great of an impact Andrew Luck has had on, on Indy and just how dismal they are without him. I mean, it, it is really insane. So for that, I mean, I think that Kaiser is a good play, and I don't really know if you can feel confident starting Eli Manning. I mean, as we saw on Monday night, like, that offense just can't get going. There's talk of them getting rid of Ben McAdoo and just trying to try something new on offense and – you know, they've got to try and figure something out because they have not shown any promise. And ultimately, Philadelphia has looked great so far. So I I just, I would not take it. I, I would not take it um, if I was offered this matchup. And it, it's tough because Eli on paper should seem like the obvious choice, but it's just, it's not that straightforward. Yeah, he does seem like the obvious choice. Um, obviously anyone who's been doing DFS or fantasy in general these days, you know, Eli man is not a guy you're confident in. And like you said, the Eagles have started off pretty hot on defense. Kaiser man is still the fact that still remains that he's a rookie, but again, sweet matchup. You feel like this could go either way. So it's kind of a risky play. Um, but kudos to the person who created it, man. Very, very nice. Um, the next one, two wide receivers, Keenan Allen against Casey. Keenan Allen started off this year, hasn't been injured. This is amazing. This is great. This is what we've all been waiting for the last few years, last couple of years, whatever. Um, so he's done, he's done well. And his opponent that you're getting is DeAndre Hopkins. Now, obviously, we have to take into the account that DeAndre Hopkins has the rookie quarterback, Deshaun Watson, throwing to him against New England Patriots, who strategize against quarterbacks probably better than anybody um so the rookie is getting tossed into the fire here um and again that's obviously the logic behind this um this match i mean you got two big name wide receivers and d-hop still does pretty well i mean you know no matter who's there because he, he gets all the targets but um again slick one here yeah man i mean to say that he gets all the targets is almost an understatement deandre hopkins has 29 targets in two games like that's unheard of. It's insane to think of how many targets he's gotten so far. Like he, he not only leads the league, but he's four targets ahead of the person in second and six targets ahead of the person in third. Like it's it's by a wide margin, and all of that's been Deshaun Watson. Basically, since Watson's gotten in there, he's thrown the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and that's it. Like it, it's really crazy how much he's targeted Hopkins. I think that first appearance in Week One. He didn't target any other receiver on the entire team, which is really just, it's unfathomable. I mean, you don't see that ever in the NFL. Um, So my expectation is there's going to be much more of the same. Like you're going to see easily 10 plus targets for DeAndre Hopkins, which 
makes me feel like just from a volume perspective that he's in a great situation. And it's not like the Patriots have shown that they have some great pass defense. Right. As we saw in week one, Alex Smith lit him up. Now, obviously, that was a really unique game. Andy Reid really had a, a great game plan up against their defense. But even the Saints last week, I mean, they didn't look bad against, you know, the Patriots defense. They they still were able to put up, you know, two passing touchdowns and, and over 350 passing yards. So there's definitely that room. Um, problem is, man, Keenan Allen has back-to-back games of over 10 targets. He's Phillip Rivers' number one option. And, you know, he's going to also be targeted a ton and also have a lot of great opportunity. This is one of those that's really even. Um, but if I'm if I'm looking at it and I'm being offered the DeAndre Hopkins side, I might take it if I'm feeling a little gamble. Where are you at? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you said that. One of the things that I think that a lot of people don't think about is Keenan Allen is playing KC, which is like a rivals game also. So those seem to be different a lot of times too. Do you know what I mean? They just seem to shake out differently sometimes. It's a great point. Yeah. yeah so, so that's another thing as well. And like you said, Watson, man, I, I know you're, you know, we talked about it on the cloud. I podcast. You're not crazy about the guys, you know, the, his style. Um, a lot of people, um, you know, say how they feel about him and they don't feel that great about him. I actually, on my last episode of the cloud, I podcast, I talked about him as one of the players that I like and I feel confident in, even though the rest of the people don't typically feel confident in him. Um, my thing is, like you said, new England has been exploited this year defensively. They haven't, they've actually looked like garbage for the most part uh, most of the time and Watson is one of those guys man who you can only contain so much right I mean he's he's usually going to break something make something happen with his legs I mean you can sh- plan all you want for him but those kind of things just happen sometimes right like we seen last week um, and like you said D-Hop's getting all the targets so I'm not opposed to the, the D-Hop side you know when I, when I consider all the variables um, like you said I think this is one of those things where it's about as even as you can get um, where each side, no one's really being screwed in any way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like like you said, it's it's as even as you can get. So, um, you know, it that's the toughest thing with no halftime. Like there, there's a lot of times where if you go on there and you're you're looking at different challenges that are available to you, oftentimes you're going to run into situations where a lot of them are going to be either really close or really far apart, and you want no action. <laughs> right. Right. So. You know, sometimes you do. You have to pull the trigger on these that are really close, yep. even if you think that, you know, there's a possibility you could be wrong just because they're going to be the situations where you're actually able to get action. Yeah, and that's, that's where the gift of creating a challenge that's tempting other people um, comes into play. The last one I want to throw at you, man, and you actually mentioned both of these guys earlier, so I thought it was funny. Um, Jordy Nelson against the Bengals and Odell Beckham against the Eagles. <laughs> of course. And you get Odell Beckham. So, okay, of course, barring injury, because on no halftime, if a player is injured before the game and does not play, the the challenge is voided. Um, it's obviously if you actually if the player plays and then gets hurt and comes out, it doesn't get voided. But if you don't get to play in the game to start the game, whatever the case, however you want to say it, um, they that game that that's voided. So if you accept this challenge and then Odell Bankham is you know considered not going to play, then this challenge will go away. But if they both play because they're both kind of fifty fifty, it seems like at this point. Um, Jordy Nelson, your opponent gets Jordy Nelson, you get Beckham. How do you feel about that? I mean, if we're coming from the place where both of these guys play, um, I don't think either are going to be playing at 100%. And I think that both of them are in situations where I'm not going to feel super confident. Um, Ultimately, though, I I can't take a bell. I I can't match up. From where I'm standing, the biggest thing that I'm worried about isn't just the injury in this situation because both of them are dealing with injuries. It's just that the Giants have not shown any structure on offense. And with Odell being less than 100%, there's just there's so much uncertainty there that I just would not feel comfortable investing any money. That's fair. That's fair. Both have a hard matchup. I mean, Nelson, the Bengals, is not a great matchup for him either. Um, and like you said, both kind of like 50-50-ish right now. But, again, you have to keep digging deeper. when it, when it like, like you said, when, when it comes to these kind of challenges where, you know, on the surface, everything looks pretty up and up to you, you got to keep digging deeper. And it's funny with no halftime because you, you kind of put yourself in the challenger's position, right? And you're like, what? You put them in their shoes and you're like, what, what are they thinking here? What's the, what's the logic? 
you know, to give me Odell Beckham. I mean, what, what are they thinking? And so you got to kind of put yourself in their shoes and then come back to your shoes. And you're like, ah, you know, what, what are my odds here? Um, the, the, the main thing, I guess, is that obviously you're going to have to take risks in any kind of format of uh, DFS or fantasy football in general. Um, so it may be one that you want to gamble on, you know, the playmaking ability of Beckham. But um, again, like you said, it does carry um, some some pretty big risks. If we just seen more from the Giants offense in general, it would kind of be a lot easier. But that's kind of the big risk here. It's not Beckham himself because both guys are injured. It's more so his offense is just putrid right now. So I would stay away from Beckham on this one, too. We're kind of in a line on a lot of these ones. Even though I won a lot against you last year. It doesn't make sense. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Revisionist uh, history. <laughs> listen, man. Is there any other important players, situations, uh, schedules, uh, strategy, any anything at all for like week three that you think we're missing right now before we before we close out this this takeover? No, I mean, I think we touched on a lot of good stuff. I mean, for anyone out there who is new to no halftime, I think this was, you know, great as far as an introduction as to what to look for in different matchups. And the biggest thing just to always remember is that there's someone on the other side. So just like when you're trading in fantasy football, where you want to look at what your opponent needs on their team to really make a trade actually work. You kind of have to do the same thing in no halftime, as we touched on. You have to make it enticing. So make sure that you're putting offers out there for matchups that you think you're going to win, but look enticing to the other person, or else you're not going to get any action, you're not going to have any fun, and you're not going to be playing any no halftime. Exactly. You're just going to put a bunch of challenges out there, nobody's going to accept it, and you're going to sit there like, what the hell just happened? Um, and ultimately, if you just sit down and have a conversation with friends, I think that's the best way to make no halftime challenges. Because as we saw right now, you and I just chatted, and we probably came up with at least two challenges, and I'm sure we could find a couple more just in there. Yeah, that's that's what I always try to tell people when you know when I'm on the Cloud Dodgers podcast and I'm talking about no halftime. It's like friends, family, enemies, coworkers. Like, dude, like you argue with people all day long about football, right? I mean, and any anybody who you talk about football with. And fancy football with you're you're pretty much arguing at some point or disagreeing at some point about two players, and this is a perfect way to kind of you know to settle that score um, and and to really you know kind of show you know who's right and who's wrong. So it's just one of those things that adds some extra fun into it. And you know one one thing also that's important to to mention is that anytime you participate in DFS um, or fancy football, either one. Um, you have to understand that there's a risk involved, right? That you're going to lose your money or the bet, or you're going to end up angry and you're going to lose your cool and end up breaking something that you cherish, like a Himalayan salt lamp or something. And remember, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you got to remember Stuff got real, real for a second. Yeah, man. You got to, you know, you got to remember that fancy football is just a game. Have fun. Enjoy it. You know, and the majority of the time, you know, attempt to leave with more money or bragging rights than you, than you came with. Right. I mean, that's kind of the, 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 the way to do this. Um, so it's important just to kind of, that, that, I feel like it has to be mentioned because that's why I say, even if you're going to play for free and, and, you know, just do bragging rights or side bets or whatever, um, or maybe, you know, play, you know, for free one challenge and whoever wins the next person has to pay for the person's deposit or something, you know, there's so many cool ways to do it. Um, I just like, it's important to remind people that it's fun, um, at the same time, but there's so many ways to just, you know, to settle those old beefs that you, that you have with friends and just do it on no halftime. Um, so I feel like it's important to mention that, man. I feel like, you know, just don't smash your Himalayan salt lamp because you lost a no halftime challenge. Not that it's happened to me or anything like that. You know, just no, no, just throwing it out there. It's just really off the wall kind of thing, you know? Yeah, everybody has one of those. So like, yeah. it's super relative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody can relate to it. It's yeah. not like personal or just you. No, no it totally absolutely not. I don't have a yeah, room. Guys, I don't have a room with like ten nice, of them. Be yeah. nice to your Himalayan pink salt lamps that yeah. you all have next to you right now while you're listening. This exactly. I mean, I assume you know, even if you're listening on headphones on the go, you have one with you at all times in the car. Because of, you know that calming energy that they bring you that makes you not want to break them when you inevitably lose your no halftime match. Right. I mean, everyone. Which you're not going to do because you just listen to this podcast. Exactly. So you're good to go. Right. Everyone has like, everyone has like, pink salt lamp is intact. (laughs) Right. And everyone has like 10 of those, right? Just in case like they fall or something. That's normal, right? 
You definitely invested in Himalayan pink salt caps, didn't you? Listen, man. Since the last time that we podcasted together, you really went hard. You were like, these things are so amazing. I'm going to invest all my money. And now this is the subtle way you're getting it across. No, 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 no. no, no. I see your game. I'm just talking about. Anyway, anyway, we would be wrong if we didn't mention promo code CLOCK, right? I mean, I know this is a takeover. And if you're listening, you more than likely have an account already and you've already done everything on there but if you're listening and you don't have no halftime and you're trying to convince yourself well that should be done because we just did that for you but if you haven't signed up yet use the promo code clock you will get a special bonus so i have to say that because like i feel like i didn't do my job if i didn't um we covered you know the strategy man we've you know when creating challenges we've talked about players we do and don't want in week three we, we broke down some challenges that people can actually go on and accept right now um especially after hearing our takes man you go on there and accept those ones now go go the way we said of course because we're right um if you have any questions for adam he mentioned you can find him on twitter um at the other ff guy i can be found at clock dodgers on twitter um i personally appreciate you guys rolling with us you know this this was a peaceful takeover adam right we didn't get hostile um i mean you got a little hostile <laughs> a little, a little bit a little bit, but nothing too crazy. And we're gonna leave. We're gonna we're gonna lock the door on the way out because this is not our place. So we have to, you know, do things properly. So we're gonna lock the door on the way out. Um, if there was anything that was here when we came in and it's not here when we leave, we're not responsible for that. Um, Definitely, I'm already gluing back together the Hingman Lane. <laughs> yeah, they have a sweet one here. You know, and that really got broke. You yeah, know, <laughs> it, it happens sometimes. But a little glue totally fixes those things. They still work. They still have all the normal healing properties that they would otherwise. Absolutely, trust me on that. Those things are special, man. Um, everybody, man, everyone listening, have a great week three. Me and Adam have hopefully blessed you with some great information. Um, for the record, Adam, if they win big on the information that we provided, we do accept donations. Is that correct? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And if nothing else, I, I just I love to hear about it. So please, guys, you know, tweet me at the other FF guy. If any of this advice works out for you, please get at me. And if it doesn't, uh, I am at clock. <laughs> oh, well, first of all, when I said donations, I didn't mean financial. I just meant like donations of love. And oh, appreciation. Yeah. All the, yeah. All them good, good love donations. Yeah, we don't care about money here. We just we just like love. So um, send us your love. And you know where to find us. And that's it. The takeover is over. We're closing the doors, cutting off the lights. You guys have a great day. Adam, you have a great night. This was this was lots of fun. Take care, people. Later. Visit clockdodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.